Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we've got the morning sexy going on because we're recording another episode in the morning. And that's always fun for us because at least my voice sounds way more masculine and deep and probably more pleasant to hear. So an exciting episode today. And I look for once like I'm not sitting in a cave. Yeah, the lighting is good. This is really exciting for you. This is a big moment. (laughs) Yes, I do normally look like I am deep in the throes of, you know, some sort of den. (laughs) It happens to the best of us. Uh, But welcome on in, folks. Happy Friday as you're listening. Um, Hopefully this week has been okay for you all. Um, And, you know, obviously this is our first episode of the week. We had a little bit of a heavy week. Um, I think for, for the most part, everybody pretty much knows that I work at a college at this point. But if you don't know this, um, I work at a college in West Michigan. And so if you're unfamiliar, um, which at this point, I don't know how you could be. But um, on Monday, actually, after we recorded our episode, because, you know, the episode that we had for Tuesday was recorded, edited, ready to go. Um, but Monday night, uh, a tragic incident occurred at Michigan State University, which is only about an hour away from from the school that I work at. And so I have a ton of students who know people who go to state and who really needed a lot of support over this week. And frankly, like me too, like this week has been really heavy for me. And so, um, you know, we appreciate you letting us t- kind of take time to to process a lot of big feelings. And if I'm being entirely honest with you all, like I'm still like super not great, but um, you know, this is the kind of place that like is cool to be in and it, and it helps. And so I'm excited to to just be able to talk about it a little bit here talk about um, talk about blue jackets hockey and all the other things that maybe make the world feel a little less heavy uh, than, than other things, because the world has been really heavy recently and hopefully folks have been able to give themselves time to to process all the things that have been happening in our world, whether that's in Michigan State or in East Palestine, Ohio, or you know any of the other things that might be affecting you and your loved ones right now, leave space for those kind of things. Like, hopefully, we model that for y'all. Like, hopefully, like in some way, shape, or form. I know that maybe in our personal lives, we don't always do that. <laughs> Looking at both Laura and I on that, but I think in terms of what we try to do as a show is is we try to give space to one another and we try to give space to the folks who listen to our show to be able to process those big feelings and to be able to, you know, take care of themselves however they need while also reaching out to the support that they might need in a, in a moment like that. And so, again, we are just really appreciative of you all um, for giving us that space and you know, obviously our, our thoughts, our prayers, whatever have you, what all, all the words that you can think of are with those um, in East Lansing, um, whether whether it be the victims, their families, or just the, the MSU community. Because I can't even imagine, like, the, the first, like, real instance for me of, like, just heavy was when I pulled onto campus Tuesday morning after having listened to the police scanner audio the night before as everything was happening and like I just started crying when I pulled on the campus because it's like I work at a college right like so it's like I like it's hard to not let your brain and and Laura you do too like it's hard to not let your brain go to a place of like 
oh man, it could happen here. And oh man, like what would I do in a situation like looking at the building that I work in and I was like, okay, so how do I get out of this place? If somebody comes into this office, if somebody comes into this building with really bad intentions. And so that was the first. And then from that point forward, for the rest of that day and for the rest of this week, it's just been, it's been heavy. So we appreciate you all a lot and uh, hope that you are taking care of yourselves some, somewhat better than I am sometimes. <laughs> but thanks for being here, folks. And shout out to my co-host for giving me that grace this week because I definitely needed it. Happy to do so. But Laura, how have you been processing everything? How are you doing? Um, you know, I know it's a heavy week to ask a question like that, but I would hate for us to deviate from the script here. Uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, obviously I was there with you in the thick of it on Monday night um, as everything was going on. And um, yeah, like you said, we both, um, now that I'm back working in higher education um, and we both now work for or on decently sized campuses. So, um, you know, you just kind of think about the, you know, just the trauma of all of that, of like, especially in such a large space, like MSU's campus is, and, you know, you didn't know for such a long time, like where this person was, or if there was more than one person and, um, you know, students, in college traditionally college age students well anyone really but like specifically traditionally college age students like we just know how varied their responses to trauma can be and there's just so much aftermath um not just with obviously the victims or the survivors uh, and their families but like just how the students are going to process this both negatively and positively so um yeah and it's just it speaks to a much broader thing too, but we won't get into that because that's not, this isn't the place for this, but, um, you know, I'm glad that I could be there, that we could make space for you to be there with your students and for you to process. And not that I'm not processing as well, but I definitely being in Ohio is not as close to the situation as you are, but so, you know, just been sort of a, a sad week and, I think it's being felt uh, throughout our field uh, by many people because that is, I mean, going to work at a, a college or an institution like this, like, and in this modern time, like this scenario is something you have to think about, like on a regular basis. I mean, we're forcing our elementary and, you know, K through 12 students to think about it all the time. But um, sometimes people forget that it's in an even higher likelihood um, on a college campus. So you have to think about those things and you have to have that thought process all the time because it could happen to you. So just a heavy week and, um, but I am happy to be back, you know, here with you and getting to talk and, you know, for the first time, like we, we obviously have an episode that like we could never release because we lost it and like the sound quality was terrible but now we have this like fully edited, ready to go episode that like is just not evergreen at all. Like it was very specific to being released on Tuesday. Um, so for like the first time ever that's happened to us that we just have this episode that literally just cannot come out because it wouldn't make any sense. Um, 
but that's okay. We're here recording now on Friday. I uh, have the day off today. Normally, I wouldn't be able to record during the day um, like this, but my institution is observing President's Day today, so um, I have the day off so we can make it work and you know, even not, I probably would have been as flexible as possible just for Jeremy because I know he needed it. Like we were supposed to record last night, but I basically was like, you're exhausted. He didn't get home until like 1115. Um, and he needed to just decompress. So we were like talking a lot and I was like, there's no way we're recording. Like I'm forcing him to go to bed in some way, shape or form. So and go to bed I did yeah because also on top of that there was also like just a mix of like snow and ice here in Grand Rapids last night and so driving home was treacherous my 15 hour drive took me 35 minutes and so yeah no it's been and and I think like I am just happy that we exist in a space where like people understand why we wouldn't have released an episode on Tuesday like that would have been so distasteful i think in some ways to have done that and it's not to say that and maybe i'm saying that because of my proximity to it i know that there are other folks who still were putting out content and stuff and like that's not me trying to like shame anybody like do what you need to do for you and like in your processing but for me like that's like just was not like subjectively speaking was like nowhere near the list of my priorities and and i think that's okay to like say that sometimes the things that you love toward the most in life like sometimes cannot be your priority because you need to take care of yourself and so Please continue to do that. Uh, maybe your form of taking care of yourself is watching the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know why it would be, because this year that has been a little bit treacherous to, to do. And so that's what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about the Jackets. We're here to talk about basically like the last week in action. Um, you know, we're going to kind of touch a little bit on what we had recapped for the episode that we had done for Tuesday. And so, uh, you know, forgive us if that is not going to be um a very lengthy discussion about those things because we were we, we've been past toronto but uh laura i just wanted to give you a couple minutes to just chat real quick about what your experience was like at hockey is for everyone night you were there in the building when the jackets played toronto on friday of last week and so just give us a little bit of a rundown we don't need to talk about that game that game was <laughs> and i don't know that that's all too different from what where we were on on tuesday's recording that we did i don't think we talked much about that game for what happened on the ice either <laughs> then so yeah no i i basically said there was no purpose of talking about it because it was just a shit show but um yeah so hockey was for everyone night was last friday um and you know i'll always pleasantly uh not surprised but like always just like happy that you know our team wasn't in the like news or media for being like kind of problematic like some other teams have been um this season with their hockeys for everyone night so positive there um but it was pretty standard um, from what you expect for a hockeys for everyone night from the blue jackets um i did think that they did a great job um at the like purposely highlighting um organizations and giving some organizations like some really awesome space to educate the community about that these clubs and uh, spe like special hockey teams exist and these are options. And like, cause I think sometimes if you are a person in, and not sometimes all the time, if you are a person in these marginalized communities, 
it can be so hard to see if there are any options for you or if there is anything out there that exists um, currently for you to participate or if it has to be a situation where you have to build it from the ground up because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't exist for you. But some of the like key like things that I took away from it was the veteran that they honored during the military appreciation portion of uh, the Blue Jackets game. And um, it was just this incredible 92 year old World War II veteran um, who since leaving the service has dedicated his life to being this, this incredible LGBTQIA plus um, advocate specifically in um, Columbus and specifically also towards, you know, military members. Um, Cause for so long, you know, don't ask, don't tell was enacted and like, to have that sort of strength to speak out in that community, um, you know, for all those years, you know, leading up to the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, um, is just really incredible. And he was wheeled out in a wheelchair out next to Leo. And then, like, in this just beautiful moment, stood up and was able to stand and be in salute the whole time for both the Canadian National Anthem and our National Anthem. And He's just such a, an incredible figure. And then also learning about the um, Central Ohio Blind Hockey Club um, and not only getting to learn about the club, but getting to actually see how they play and participate on the ice was just really impactful um, and just sort of a miraculous thing to see and that they've come up with different ways to make hockey accessible for blind people. Um, and of course, in the in the same breath highlighting a day one season ticket holder who is completely blind and um, comes to every home game but listens to uh, Baba Gallagher um, on the radio while he is in in the state or in the arena um, and just the, the connection that Bob has um, built with with this fan and um, how being able to hear and like feel the energy of a crowd um, really helps him better experience the game. And that was just really touching. Um, obviously some things that um, could be a little bit more prevalent, but you know, we'll get there hopefully one day, but you know, it was good. And I was there with Megan and Reese um, because Jeremy, unfortunately due to work, could not come down to Columbus for the night, but I shall forgive him. Yeah, I'm beginning to realize that it's harder than I imagined it would be to drive almost 600 miles in 24 hours for, for a hockey game. And so that is um, kind of turning into a little bit of a, a prohibitor to me coming down. But, but yeah, I, I think, you know, to your point, it's good in any case to do anything above what they normally do at a game to honor folks that potentially usually are not involved in those kind of ceremonies or in those spaces. And so that's always a win, but I think you and I both recognize that it always can be better. And so, you know, we look around the league and we see teams that are just like absolutely doing it right, but then also teams that are absolutely doing it wrong. And thankfully I don't know that the blue jackets have landed themselves on that list, which feels like a good thing considering the fact that I think you and I both had our nerves uh, about them potentially doing that. And so, I want to be a fan of a team that's the the front runner in progress, but I also know the reality of the situation that we are in here in Columbus. And so, uh, you know, anything is good at this point. And so, uh, but it could be better. Don't, uh, it could be better. <laughs> anyway, 
uh, we'll move on past that, and we'll talk just a little bit about the actual hockey itself. I mean, obviously, like we said, Friday night's game, 3 nothing shutout loss, not great, not really anybody's favorite time. But, however, <laughs> Saturday was a lot better for the Jackets. I mean, anytime you go into Toronto and you win, that's it's great. Anytime you can <laughs> beat Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada is an even bigger win. I just got, like, a sick satisfaction out of, out of that happening. And so... Yeah, I mean, the Jackets, it, tar- it started off not great. Uh, the first period being down 2 nothing, you really thought that it was going to be a little bit more of the same, especially because Toronto scored so quickly in the first. But uh, thankfully, thankfully, we have players like Boone Jenner and Kro Marchenko on our team. And that first line has been excellent. And, it'll, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit more here, too, on this episode. But, I mean, Boone Jenner got his 15th goal and Kro Marchenko got his 14th goal. To, to tie it up in the second. And then Sean Crowley got his 10th to, to take the lead for the Jackets. And and that's something that, man, that was a, th- a second period that I don't think any of us are used to in Columbus. Yeah, absolutely not. And I mean, I think the bigger lesson there is that they took the situation from Friday night and instead of like, instead of just sitting in the, in the like sadness of returning from the all-star break and like totally shitting the bed in front of your home crowd, like they took that and they converted that energy into like something else. And basically like a, a prove it sort of scenario. And particularly Boone who got himself essentially kicked out of Friday night's game towards the end of it. Um, He got a 10 minute game misconduct um, for hurtful language towards a referee. Um, and he was he was quite fired up again. And he was also mic'd up that night. And I, please, somebody, my birthday's coming up. I just want to hear that audio recording that will never be released to the public because I know it includes a lot of um, expletives. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, he got himself removed from the game and, he took that energy and he, you know, for him to set things off in Toronto the next night um, was just very fitting and appropriate. And it's kind of set the course for the last, you know, the two games to follow, which we will talk about because um, while they won't, they weren't both wins, they definitely had a very different level of effort than I think we've seen um, in most of this season. So, but yeah, it felt really good to um, to beat Toronto in Toronto on hockey hockey night in Canada. Like, just you know, checking off that list of things that don't really happen all that often. And you know, Toronto's no team to like, you know, snub your nose up this year. So they definitely are still in playoff contention and all that sort of stuff. So again, our team just we pick the weirdest teams to win against um but any little win at this point is um welcomed and appreciated well in my mind maybe not for all those people that are on the tank for bedard train but i'll take a good win every once in a while yeah you can't i mean listen the jackets have another 27 games this season you don't want them to go on 27 of course not i mean who wants to watch that but but yes, I mean, currently, if you look at the standings, the Jackets have have jumped one position. They are 31st in the league. So, uh, you know, the tank for Bedard watch is, you know, 
thankfully, I guess you could say, due to the performance the last few games, the Jackets have clawed their way out of the basement. But we shall see. They also have played two games less than Chicago, and Chicago is only one point behind them. But, but yeah, I mean, also just like can't like. Toronto doesn't like Columbus, like after the bubble and all that kind of stuff. So it's just fun, I think, to like, it's nowhere near a rivalry. I mean, it's not even like close to a rivalry, but it's still one of those matchups that like you always like to win because it kind of like feels good to to piss off a Maple Leafs fan. And so I'm always there for that. And speaking of pissing off fans, uh, the Jackets then played New Jersey. And... Oh, God. Quickly, very quickly the Devils have become one of my least favorite teams in the league, like, very quickly, just because their fans suck, dude. Like, their, their fans yeah, are they're... I, not wired right. And uh, this is always our caveat whenever we talk about the Devils, that we love Neil on the network. But, like, yeah. outside of Neil, like, what it, like the unhingedness of the Devils' fans, it's just, like, beyond compare and even like the devils like the team themselves and their social media like they are just not chill at all and they are also the like and we've joked about this but like in the seriousness that that we we've seen it this week like they are still so salty about johnny gaudreau not coming and signing with the devils and for a team that's having a pretty okay season, why the fuck do you care? Like, you have other people on your team that are exceptional. So, like, why the F do you care that he didn't sign with you? Are you going to be like this for the next seven years that he is in Columbus and potentially longer? Because, like, if he, if we start having a lot of success in Columbus, he may sign and end his career in Columbus. So, like, that's not beyond the scope of possibilities at this point. Because um, I'm almost certain that the next contract that he will sign after this one will be his last, you know, NHL contract because he will be a decently old hockey player by the time that he is done <laughs> in Columbus. And so are, like, we going to deal with this for the, you know, essentially the next decade um, because that's ridiculous. And, you know, normally we don't, we, you know, we say things here and there about other teams fans, but like what we saw and experienced and what our listeners experienced, um, this week from Jersey and Jersey fans is just ridiculous. I I've said ridiculous like 12 times now, but like, Maybe there's no, <laughs> there's no word that comes to my mind other than that. You know, just hurtful things, hateful things, um, threats, and all this sort of stuff. And it's just not, like, it's not that, like, (laughs) it's not that serious. Like, I hate to quote, like, a TikTok sound, but, like, it is not that serious. Like, it is a hockey game. Like, no one is living or dying based on the like outcomes of these games. And if that is how you feel, like I need you to go outside and touch grass because that is insane. And like to also be spurred on like by the the team's 
social media accounts at the same time, like they need to check themselves too and understand what kind of fuel they're adding to the fire of their disgruntled fans. So I don't know. I was just really disappointed in that entire experience and not even just because we ended up losing very last minute. Like I was proud of the blue jackets and their effort in that game would have been a nice for us to win. Absolutely. But like, you know, it just, it was the whole general experience around that game that just really put a bitter taste in my mouth with Jersey. And again, Neil, if you're listening to this, this has nothing to do with you. You were actually very polite in all of your social media, like presence and such. Um, And we love you, buddy. But some of your other fans and listeners need help. Correct. (laughs) That's like the best way that I can think to describe it as well. I, and I mean, like, I would say like Johnny Goudreau will always be hated in New Jersey now. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter if he plays for Columbus or who he plays for. It's just going to always be that, that kind of an instance. And I swear to God, I hope and pray by all that is holy that he signs with a team like Philadelphia. If he doesn't sign with Columbus again, after his seven year contract is up. So that way he can like play a team that like New Jersey also just hates and I hope he fucking tears them up. I, man, I really don't like them. I really do not like the Devils and their fans right now. But nevertheless, we're, we persist because, yeah, it's going to be seven years of this for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. And also, you said pretty decent season. They're third in the league. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, I mean, I know like, that they've had their, like, they've had a few rough spots, but, like, they're doing well. And it just, which confuses me so much that they are just so, you know, visceral in this situation and like, focus on your positives, bro. Like, we know where we're at. And like, for the most part, Columbus fans are embracing the fact that we are just in the shitter for this season. And we're not like, do like, we don't come into games and like, um threaten other teams fans because we're in the garbage like we do sometimes like and i think we did this a little bit on tuesday where it's like oh yeah congratulations you beat the worst team in the league like with 0.2 seconds left in the game like that's not exactly like you didn't pummel us you know 10 to 1 or anything like we definitely held strong the whole time with the Devils. So, you know, I I don't think that you should be celebrating as much as you think that you should be based on the performance. We could have very well beaten you, like, in the same breath. So, but yeah. So just enjoy the fact that you're having a good season and leave us out of it. Correct. Last year was the first year that the Devils finished above the Blue Jackets in the standings for the Metro Division. And so like, yeah. and that's like ever since the Metro came came to exist. And so and maybe that's not a fair thing to say because of where the teams have been in the last 10 years in terms of their development and and that kind of stuff. But that's just the way it is. But yes, to your point, the Jackets very easily could have won that game because overall, I mean, the performance was there. They they did everything they needed to do to win, and it just didn't happen for them. And that's going to happen, but it, that's one of those losses that you're okay with to an extent because it's, again, 
it's a loss where you're not going to get points, but it is a competitive game that you enjoy to watch that doesn't feel taxing to watch <laughs> because some of the games this year, let's be honest, have felt taxing to watch, but the Jackets didn't really let that happen in this one. Well, it was one of the first opportunities or not opportunities, situations this season where they maintained momentum from one game to another. Like they really maintained the momentum and effort from the win in Toronto and brought it back home on Tuesday um, to face New Jersey. Cause like that so often too has been a big issue is they can't seem to like sustain momentum and sustain like, you know, positive, you know, reinforcements or all, or any of that sort of stuff. My words are all over the place today. Um, but probably cause I got more sleep than I normally do. Uh, but you know, and that's, this whole week has been, been like that, that they've been able to maintain momentum and, you know, it's weird to, to like be proud of that because like that just should be a thing that happens. Like it should be more often than it should be like a rarity that they can't maintain momentum, not, a not the usual sort of situation. So like, look at it that way. We're celebrating the fact that our team was able to maintain momentum for more than one game. So like it's apples and oranges at this point, but I was very entertained on Tuesday watching that game. And I thought, you know, that a lot of the people, like a lot of people stood up and like definitely put in the effort. I thought Elvis played well, even though, you know, everyone was like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, of course everyone just shit on him because he, you know, of that last goal. But up until that point, Elvis held his own and definitely played better, you know, played one of his better games. But at this point, I think the fan base will take any reason to shit on Elvis. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly, you know, optimistic after um, the the game on Tuesday. Well, and it's just a weird game because three out of the five goals were scored in either the first or last 10 seconds of a period. So, I mean, you had Johnny Goudreau's power play goal at 19.58 in the first, which, like, usually the Jackets are on the other side of that. And trust me, they were the next two times because <laughs> only seven seconds into the second period. I mean, like, absolutely, like, terribly, like, a terrible defensive breakdown leads to a breakaway goal for New Jersey only seven seconds into the period. And you're like, okay, cool, yeah, great, sure. But, I mean, of course, the Jackets tie it up again. Adam Boak was first of the year. Uh Mostly because, you know, he just has not been playing this year because he's a China doll. But then, as you alluded to earlier, just the, um, you know, the game-winning goal um, by Ryan Graves that, you know, sealed the deal for New Jersey with only 1.4 seconds left. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a killer. Like, you hate when that happens. And, you know, if you're a team that's, like, fighting for a playoff spot or things like that, like, those are the kind of games that, like, haunt you. Obviously, that's not where the Jackets are it's actually probably the other way around where it's like, I would much rather the Jackets lose with 1.4 seconds left in regulation than lose seven seconds into overtime. Like they seem to yeah. do every once in a while. And so that was the prefer, like that was my preferred way for that game to end. If it was going to end in a blue Jackets loss, but it's still, I mean, obviously is no fun. Um, and, and so the Jackets don't pick up any points against New Jersey, but then they uh, shift their focus to the Jets, but um, not before we shift our focus to something that's really fun to do, Laura. And could you take a guess as to what that is? 
Uh, winning money on DraftKings? Yeah, I have a great time every time I do it. And NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat game, or no, excuse me, a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Try saying that five times fast. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I mean, all the trades that just happened in the NBA, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm hearing that Kevin Love potentially is interested in, um, you know, selling his services to the LA Lakers. We'll see if that works, but maybe you want to put a bet down on LeBron. Maybe you want to put a bet down on the Cavs. Feel free to do that um, because now is the best time to do so. You're going to want to download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. That void in Ohio will get you every single time, friends. But... Laura, this is that time of year where I feel like everybody is still trying to come to grips with the fact that maybe they're not going to be able to make their New Year's resolutions happen because maybe their New Year's resolutions were just so massive. But uh, maybe you should take a page out of Laura and I's playbook, and maybe maybe we should recognize that sometimes even the small things can make a big difference. And, and I mean, I know I've given up on New Year's resolutions time and time again. Who hasn't? Um but again, I've actually found that those small changes are the things that really do change my day the most. And uh, in the same way, you don't have to break the bank and make a big deal purchase to make a change. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something that you use every day, like, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Maybe you told yourself that you were going to go on a walk every day, so you want to listen to your favorite music. Your Raycons are great for that. Maybe you want to call a loved one. You can do that using your Raycons. Maybe that was a New Year's resolution was to be more connected. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands, so you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. I mean... If you have multiple pairs of everyday earbuds, you can keep one at home, so that way when you're cleaning around the house, you've got them. Maybe you want to keep a pair at the office, so that way when you need to tune out your coworkers, you can do that with your everyday earbuds. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as Laura and I do, Raycon wants to make sure that you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free guarantee. I mean, there's no reason to not make this purchase today, folks, because you're going to be able to customize sound profiles. You're going to get three customizable sound profiles. Maybe you want different music. Maybe you listen to a lot of different music. Maybe you want to have the bass boosted for one of your sound profiles, maybe you want to have a perfect setup for your podcast listening. You can do all of that with the three customizable sound profiles. There's noise isolation, and you're going to get eight hours of playtime with everyday earbuds and 11 hours of playtime with everyday speakers. I mean, what is there not to like about these offers, folks? So if you're ready to do something small with a big impact or buy something small with a big impact, you're going to want to go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So Laura, Obviously, we just got to talking about a tough Blue Jackets loss, but let's talk about a fun Blue Jackets win. One that, I mean, 
the Jackets stretch here over the last couple of weeks has not been an easy one, right? I mean, just mentioned playing the Devils on Tuesday, again, saying that they're the third best team in the league. The Maple Leafs are the fourth best team in the league right now, points-wise. And so this stretch has been hard for the Jackets, but they find a way to win against a pretty, you know, a, a pretty decent foe in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, you know, is currently sitting in a playoff spot, whereas uh, I don't know if you all are familiar the Blue Jackets aren't. Uh, and so <laughs> obviously a, a tall task for the Jackets, but they were up to the occasion and they found a way to win this one by a score of three to one. Of course, that empty net goal in the third period does a little bit to pad that stat. It definitely was a much closer game, I think, even than, than saying three to one. But this story is about one person and one person only, and that's Jonas Corposalo. This game is all about him. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Corpy was incredible. Um, for the second game in a row, the Blue Jackets let up a goal at 1958 in a period. And so <laughs> that was tough to start it off. And there was a power play goal by Kyle Connor. But for the rest of the game, I mean, Corbisalo was outstanding. The Jackets, I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. The Jackets were severely outplayed in the first period, outshot 12 to 2, looked awful. And Jonas Corbisalo kept them in the game. And I'm not convinced that he wouldn't have been able to pull off his first shot out of the season if that puck doesn't find the back of the net there at the end of the first period because he was just lights out. It was going to be so hard to beat him all night. The Jackets found a way in the second period to, to you know, kind of rev it up. Maybe the second period is the Jackets' new period. Um, and and so they outshot the the Jets 14-12, to 12, and so they had some momentum there. Uh, the Jets obviously still ultimately outshooting the Jackets 38 to 24 in this game, and so a 37 save game and a 37 save win for the uh, for Giannis Corbisalo and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Patrick Line got a power play goal, which is something that we've talked about on the show, needing him to do a little bit more of, and hoping that he could do a little bit more of it because it's kind of just been absent this season, and of course with injuries, it's hard to make a, a huge judgment on that. But of course. Anytime he can find the back of the net, especially on the power play, that's a win for us and and for the Jackets. And then Ken Johnson. Ken Johnson scored a game-winning goal in the third period. And, you know, he's been really quietly having a great rookie year. 12 goals now at this point. Jack Roslovic gets the assist on that. He's up to 25 assists. Again, quietly, like, we aren't really talking about that very much. And uh, Emil Bemstrom put a tick in the column toward uh, getting little boomer, his uh, ML Bemstrom Jersey at this point. I think he's up to what, how many points is, is Bemmer up to now this season? 35. So he has 15 points. Yes. Yeah. I was like, there's no way he has 35 points. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I was like, wait, that math is wrong. Um, yes. He's, he has 15. Yes. Gotcha. And so, you know, for the jackets, that's a cool win. That's a cool win. And Boone Jenner finds a way to attack on the empty net goal because why not uh, grab another goal for him? He's at 16 now, which I think is, I mean, that's what you want to see out of the Blue Jackets and out of out of their leader. And so um, also he has 12 points. So he has 38 to go. But okay. it'll be nice to um, it'll be nice to keep following that if he doesn't get traded. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so good win for the Jackets. What else, Laura, about that game with the Jets? I mean, I know you had – Laura calls me, and she's like, I did not get a chance to watch the game. And Laura calls me and is like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. And by the time she got done telling me all the things I needed to watch, I was like, so I just need to watch the game? Like, because <laughs> you just named, like, 12 minutes of gameplay. Like, Well, there were. It was, it was a very fun game to watch. 
um, because there were, there were just like a lot of big moments. Um, but as you said, like Corpy's performance was just, I mean, unworldly did he perform last night. Um, there was a sequence which I think everyone will remember and should be like on definitely some highlight reel, but there was a point in time in which Corpy, the Jets were really trying to like push and like tie up the game. Uh, this is when we were still up to one, um, obviously, uh, since we didn't get the third goal until like the last two seconds of the third period. Um, but the Jets were really pushing. They were all over Corpy. Corpy loses his goalie stick. And it's not like a situation where it went to like the left or the right of him. The stick went all the way behind to the back of the net. Like it was not accessible in this situation. And he just stood strong. Like he is in this net without a stick, simply like his pads and his gloves. Like those are the only, you know, forms of defense he has for stopping. So they get a shot off on him. He doesn't stop it, but it's deflected off of him. And it goes like just slightly into center ice. And so he's like, you can see him and he's watching like really, he's like, do I have time? Do I have time? Do I have time? And he starts to go out to go around the net. And all of a sudden there's a turnover and they are just right back at him. And he can't, he can't get a stick. So here he is again, they're coming full force. And at point blank rage, he stops a puck in the chest and again, doesn't stop it fully, but like it rebounds off of him and the, but rebounds all the way over or all the way down to our, to the, um, to the jets end of the ice. And so the like look on his face through his mask when he's finally able to like and even still so quickly skate to the backside of the net and get his stick. Um, it was incredible. Like it just was, was simply incredible. And then my other favorite Corpy moment, which I think every blue jacket fan was like, fuck yeah, is uh, PLD got himself a bit of a breakaway moment and decided to go full force on Corpy. And just like in the most badass way, like, PLD shoots the puck and just with like such ease and grace, Corpy just like slams the door on him and you could hear it. Like I could hear it through the TV, but like um, nationwide arena just like erupted because obviously we love nothing more than stopping any opportunity for PLD to score in Columbus. So that was just, it was such a like, I mean, as much as it sucks, like if someone, if a team is looking to strengthen their like goaltending as they head into the playoffs and they're not looking at Corpy, like, I don't know what their issue is because he has just really started to flourish again. And last night's performance is just like such a great example um, of that. And I will say my other like, my other favorite part is there were so many penalties last night. I think I told you there were 12. We had seven and the Jets had five. Is that what I told you? Yeah. And in one of our power plays, um, it was like really exciting. Like we were really pushing. Like it was like a really good looking power play for us. 
And in like the changeover of going to that, because it was also like a situation where um, another penalty had just ended. Because like, let's also point out the fact that the Blue Jackets gave the Jets three, one in each period, three opportunities on a five on three, because why not? Um, So it was this like weird transition period um, of converting to our power play and Gavin Bayreuther was supposed to come off of the ice. Like they were yelling for him to come off of the ice and he just was so like wanted to be a part of the moment. He also almost scored, but he just pretended that he couldn't hear the people yelling for him on the bench. Like he truly just ignored them so that he could stay in the action. And then when play was finally called, he just skated back over to the bench and he had the biggest smile on his face because he knew exactly what he had done. And the whole, like, the coaching staff was like, what the hell? We're, like, what? why? <laughs> and he just was like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to come off the bench uh, or come back to the bench. Uh so yeah, so that was really cute. And it would have been even better if he had scored because it just would have made it like perfect. But yeah, and like line A scoring against the Jets is always like a big deal, especially because it was the tying goal in that situation. Like they had scored on us and um, you know, him getting that momentum behind the team, I think is really important for him too, just as like a reminder to himself that he is uh, an incredible player and also that he can, you know, score against his old team. So yeah, it was just a good, it was a good game. And it was like great to have that cushion at the very end. Um, just because this could have also been a situation where they tied it up at the very, you know, end of the third period and we would have been headed to overtime, but just that cushion of Boone's like empty net goal was, was really nice. So it sure was. And and so the jackets get out of that one with a win again, it's a game that, you know, maybe it's one that you don't know that they always deserve to win throughout the entirety of the 60 minutes, but they, they did. And that's what matters. And so again, any chance that we get to watch Pierre-Luc Dubois lose at nationwide arena now is, is a big win for us. And we love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. Basically, fuck that guy. (laughs) It's it's the moral of of that story. But, Laura, something else cool was happening in Columbus as well. The the Jackets were able to welcome, um, you know, none other than Alton White to, to Nationwide Arena to, you know, take in some action and just to be around. And for those of you who might not, no, uh, White is known for being the second African American player um, to play major professional hockey, and so uh, it's just, the semantics of this is that it wasn't the NHL; it was the World Hockey Association before the merger that occurred. And he is somebody who played for the New York Raiders, the Los Angeles Sharks, and the Michigan Stags slash Baltimore Blades. I'm assuming that those franchises in some way, shape, or form combined uh, to <laughs> make make that happen but um but no laura i mean obviously it's significant right and the ties to columbus are significant as well for him and so great to have him around because it's another great reminder of like honoring those who come before us that 
that make a big difference and a big impact. He, he played for the Columbus checkers. That's who it was in the IHL where in the three years that he played in Columbus, he uh, tore it up <laughs> to be honest. He, you know, played, gosh, my quick math isn't going to work here. I was hoping that it would roughly, I mean, no, we can do it. He played 204 games in Columbus and when he played those 204 games, he had a grand total of 212 points. Wow. In those games. So he uh, was pretty good. And so great to have him around. But Laura, did you have any other insight on, on his visit? Well, it was just, it was so, you know, inspiring to see him. He hadn't been back to Columbus since um, his career ended. So it was, you know, something like 40, 50 years um, that he hadn't been back. And, you know, they he did an interview with Jean-Luc and Brian Gisislav in the first intermission. And they were like, so has things changed? And he was like, yes. He's like, this is not the same city um, that I left. And it's incredible to see just the growth and the, you know, just the massiveness that it's turned into. And um, he talked about so many of the like connections and how welcome he had felt when he was playing in Columbus and just all the people who reached out to him to get him connected with, you know, cause you think about, you know, the years that that was and like what the situation around the country would have been involving like um, African-American people just existing and the seeing that our community even back then was able to embrace him and like really get him connected and um, hearing just the stories of the impact that he's had on um, other players and even other broadcasters. He's, he has a great connection with one of the broadcasters that are now covering the Seattle Kraken. And um, he just was a really genuine um, and inspiring person. And he himself said, you know, if I can stand for anything, it's uh, hockey is for everyone. And I don't know that they like, they were doing this as like in honor of black history month. Um, but also for him to carry that message as well was hopefully an inspiration to many people. I mean, I, I, it's not lost on us, but I think you and I know that like he is a shining example and we need more of those people to speak out, but like he's someone that not, a ton of people would know unless they're into hockey history. Um, but yeah, it was just great to have him back in Columbus. Great for him to do the ceremonial um, puck drop. And yeah, I know he spent um, some good time with all the members of the, the media and the team's press, um, but also with the players. And he spoke the night before to several of the youth hockey organizations here in Columbus, which was, just so special. So I'm glad that we got to have that opportunity and to welcome him back in such a, a great way. Truly. And so Laura, we're talking about welcoming people back a lot, which is the antithesis of what we're about to talk about next, which is just the update that we all know at this point, And it's that, Vladislav Gavrikov joined Jacob Tikrin as one of the two players that's currently being scratched for trade-related reasons. And both of the PR teams for the Arizona Coyotes and for the Columbus Blue Jackets have been pretty explicit in that. And so it's a fascinating situation to be in because 
you know, it's just hard to have to like go about the days. And I, and I think if I'm not mistaken, was Nick Foligno maybe scratched for a game before he got traded? Like, I think somebody in recent memory for the Jackets maybe was scratched for one game before they got traded. But now we're looking at a situation where somebody is getting scratched for numerous games. We're still about a couple weeks out from the NHL trade deadline. So it's going to be quite a few games. And there's even conversation about whether or not this is like a competitive and a competition issue as to whether or not either both the Coyotes and the Jackets should be able to do this. And so naturally they have though. And that's where we're at. I wanted to pull up a trade or a tweet from Greg Wyshynski because I think it's hilarious. Uh, And he had made this tweet during the NBA trade deadline. But he tweeted, look, I know the NBA trade deadline feels a little more exciting than hockey's, but trust me, you're going to get the same thrill as the Kevin Durant deal when Vladislav Gavrikov gets traded for a conditional second rounder in the day's biggest move. I laughed real hard at that. Um, <laughs> obviously, I think that there is hope that that the return is higher than that. I mean, of course, you know, play, places that, you know, Aaron Port's line looked at with the athletic as potential options were Boston, Buffalo, Dallas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Toronto, and Washington. To me, I don't know why it feels this way, but Boston and Edmonton are the two teams that feel like it makes the most sense, but we'll see where it goes. But obviously this sucks. I mean, it's just like, it makes, you know, saying goodbye longer and harder, I think, than, and then if it just is the day of trade, I mean, we all know it's coming at this point. So prepare yourselves, friends. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it, I mean, they interviewed Gavi on Tuesday when the announcement was made uh, that he would be scratched and was made very specifically that he was being scratched to be traded. And, you know, he, there's been a lot of speculation in regards to his like um, non existent, existent, you know, contract negotiations with the Blue Jackets and, you know, a lot of people saying, well, he just doesn't want to be here. Like he just doesn't want to be here. And, you know, so he should not be surprised that this is happening. And he really like set a different light on it. And he's like, this was my first ever NHL team. Like the Blue Jackets are who drafted me. The Blue Jackets are who gave me my first games and gave me my first, which of course me being sentimental, he was like my first NHL friends. Like this is the community that has embraced me and like, you know, that my family, like, you know, he got married while he was a blue jacket. He had his first child while he was a blue jacket. And, um, you know, I think obviously we're very sensitive um, to when players want to explore like situations and, you know, that contract negotiations aren't like going the way we want them to, but, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't have love or they don't have appreciation for Columbus and what this team has been able to do for them. And it's nice that like the last game that we have se- will have seen him play in a blue jacket sweater is the win against Toronto, but it's still sad. Like it's still sad to see him practicing with the team and knowing that we will see him ever again, like play, at game time as a blue jacket. Um, well, I hate to say ever again. I mean, it's not like he couldn't ever possibly come back to Columbus at some point, but um, you know, it's just, it's sad to see. And it's also tough to see, like, I definitely feel the same way that like the Bruins are like, I just sort of feel like that's where he's going. Like, cause Boston is so 
you know, they're having such an incredible season and they're going to need all of the strong assets that they can get in order to really do a full fledged, like Stanley cup run. And there is something kind of, kind of endearing about him going and being reunited with Nick Foligno. Um, Cause then that will make two Bruins players that I can tolerate. So, <laughs> and only cause they're former blue jackets, but yeah, it's, it's sad. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's tough on the players too. Cause they're still practicing with their same team. Like, I do, we both agree that we don't think that he's traveling with them um, for Dallas and Arizona this weekend, but you know, that would be hard because you're still doing all the same things and he's still obviously coming to the home games. He's just sitting up in the press booth, you know, watching, but, and of course, like, you're like, how long is this going to take? Like, are we going to sit him for a whole two weeks? Because as we're, recording and as you're probably listening to this the trade deadline is exactly two weeks from today so it's yeah it's crazy but it's also sad and obviously when he does get traded we'll speak more about his impact on Columbus but it's just sad to know that like the end is very well hopefully quickly coming yes because this whole process of like waiting to see what happens is is annoying in some ways and i'm sure the speculation will continue to to grow over the course of the next couple of weeks i love it you know i love the drama you know i love this time of year laura talk to us a little bit about johnny goudreau's first blue jackets record because it didn't take him long to get there yeah we were talking about this uh last night when you and i were on the phone and just sort of how big of a deal that like not even through his first season as a blue jacket he's already like embedded in our in our record books um because as of tuesday night he became the fastest blue jacket to reach 50 points in a season um in the whole 22 years of blue jackets history so it's just it's so special to not only have him as this player that we all know is going to cement such like a big some big years for the blue jackets like but to have him in his in a in a, first of all like a just shitty season but to still have like he's still making a mark and like embracing his time here and to be cemented in one of our in our, one of our records so so quickly is just um a big deal and i think it's really special so yeah johnny is the fastest to 50 points um in blue jackets history we love to see it. Even in a year where things are just not happening for this team, somehow, someway, Johnny Goudreau is still finding a way to have a, a year that is not far off of his average, like we talked about on our review episode. And so that is absolutely always fun. But another thing to, to touch on, which is just such a wild stat, <laughs> is that as of right now, now obviously all this could change. If he goes out you know, tomorrow and, and you know puts 20 pucks on net, that would change a lot of things drastically. But as of right now, Kirill Marchenko currently leads the league in shooting percentage, and we talked about this a little bit. I know I mentioned it in our review episode. At that point, he was at 25%. He's at 23.7 now, so it's already maybe starting to correct himself a little bit. But he is somebody who is finding the back of the net at a really high rate, and he leads the league in that stat. And Connor McDavid, who is currently leading the league in goals this season, is sitting at a 17.8%. And he is somebody who is having a career year in terms of his shooting percentage and the number of goals he's going to score. 
And so you obviously hope that that continues to be the trend for Kromarchenko. Um, he does only have 59 shots on goal. Like that is like, not to say that that's not a ton. I mean, at this point he's played in 32 games. So he's averaging one to two shots a game. Like he's not getting the puck on net a ton, especially when you consider the fact that a player like Boone Jenner had nine shots on net one night, a couple of games ago. And so obviously that could change in an instant, but a very interesting uh, stat for him to have and a very interesting <laughs> stat for him to be leading so far this season. Yeah. I just think it's, it's funny. And I described it to you um, before this, but just like, it's weird anytime that we have like something like that or something like Johnny breaking a record in this season, because like, you just don't assume that like, obviously we've highlighted some of the positives, but you just don't assume that positives are coming out of this situation other than like, you know, player development and all that sort of stuff. But like, um, and so to hear him and I knew last night, like he was the, you know, had the highest shooting percentage of all of the rookies this season, but then to have like Jeff and Jody say that he was leading the entire NHL as like, some people have to look at that list sometimes and be like, really? Like, <laughs> you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, just because of how the season has gone. But I think that's just so exciting for him and is hopefully like a very good indicator of like, obviously, we know it's going to even out. He's not going to have a 25% shooting percentage his entire career. Um, but I think it's just exciting for him from a confidence, you know, standpoint in his first season that like, he can perform and he deserves this spot in the NHL. And like, we've always said that he is very much so proving that he was worth the wait and yeah, I'm just excited for him. And I mean, who can, who can fault that like big smile, you know, whenever he's on the ice. So we're just, we're just all things Marchenko right now because he just brings so much joy. I think he's saved some joy in Columbus. Like, I think that, like, in a lot of ways, his presence has been a present. What a terrible pun that I just made. But nevertheless, the Jackets are getting ready to take their only trip to Dallas and Arizona this weekend, Laura. They'll be in uh, Dallas on Saturday, Arizona on Sunday. And I think Neff is actually going to the game on Sunday, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot wait to hear about what that place is like. The Jackets are making their first trip to Mullet Arena, and so... I'm like excited to watch that game and excited to just, you know, see what it's like and and hear what it's like. I mean, I still so badly in the three years that they're there so badly want to go to a game. I think we can figure it out. We can, we can take a journey to Arizona, but yeah, the the blue jackets face another, um, another little road trip. um, And it's a back to back Saturday, Sunday. Get used to the road trips folks, because yeah, there's only like nine, or 10, I think 10, it's 10 home games left. So trust me. Yeah. We're going to be on the road. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. It's, it's again, a back to back with travel in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see how the boys respond, but you know, at this point, just go into every game with like mid expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I feel like if you haven't done that already for yourself, then like you've probably felt a lot of pain this year for the Blue Jackets. But yeah, a weird start time on Saturdays at six, and then on Sunday is at eight thirty. So like earlier starts than they would be used to, because uh, for six for us in Dallas it's five, and then eight thirty in Arizona I think is six thirty. Yes, 
Yes. Sure. So a little bit earlier than they're used to in any case, but not too late for us to be miserable by the end of the game. Well, we will be if they play like they did against Arizona again this time as they did last time. That was bad. And so here's yeah. hoping that they find a way to not do that. Um, here's my prediction. Corpy on Saturday, Elvis on Sunday. Um, something about him playing in Mola Arena just makes sense to me for some reason. And so I don't know why, really. I don't know why either, but of the two, Corpy's the one that could pull off a mullet. But like there's something about like I think it's the Elvis thing, like Yeah. <laughs> Although Corpy's been rocking a nice little man ponytail when he comes in to the arena for I game. I love him. Live you live your truth. But folks, that brings us toward the end of this one. A lot of content jam packed into this one. We probably could have gone for two hours, but alas, here we are wrapping up after the hour. Laura, was there anything else on your radar as we bring this one to a close? No, just, you know, every day uh, on our pins and needles to see how, what happens as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. And we're hopefully going to have some more trade deadline specific content coming your way. Um, with some friends of ours. Um, but hopefully and trade deadline content in the same sentence is feels backwards. I feel like I don't know how to react to that. That is true. I again my words today. But yeah, no, nothing super specific. Just we will have um two more games and um to preview or to review at our at our next episode. And plus we will release on the day of the cannonball. So Woo. that will be very exciting. We are not going, but it will be very exciting nonetheless. (laughs) That is true. That is true. But yeah, Laura, do what you do best. Bring us out. Bring bring us home. Follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a very lovely website you can visit that has all the links to all the things, and that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com, hoping to have some new designs up there soon. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We don't understand the algorithm. We just know that your support helps us get uh, noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And again, we can't thank you enough for being understanding with us needing to take um, a bit of a break this week. And to those of you who reached out um, and you know sent some lovely messages, we just greatly appreciate you and it reminds us how lucky we are to be doing this and to be surrounded by such an incredible community so other than that we just love and appreciate you all so much that we do and until next time make sure you take care of yourselves take care of one another send somebody you love extra love this week and just let them know how much you appreciate them and we will talk to you all on tuesday bye